It was picking the tent up with me inside of it in one corner and going like this and pulling my feet up like that. <laughs> Creatures. I'm Rochelle. I'm Kaylee. And we are Paranoia Percentage. We're just two girls who are a little anxious about our world. We're fascinated by cryptids, machination theories, and everything weird. So if you like what we do here, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. This is part two of our Bigfoot mini-series. Yeah, yeah mini-series. Yeah. Our interview with uh, Zach Sterick, the Bigfoot enthusiast, not expert. <laughs> from the Southern Illinois Monster Hunters organization. So can you tell us about a time that you, something that made you 100% this is real, I, I witnessed it, I saw it, it's there. Mm -hmm. uh, this was one of my uh, first experiences I've had. Um, it happened back in August of 2017. Me and my granddad were doing some maintenance late at night on our, our disc mower. And we was outside and we had these big floodlights uh, that you see on construction sites. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, I'm tired. And I said, well, Paul, go on inside and I'll clean everything up. He said, okay. And so um, he uh, went inside and I was picking up all the tools and I was putting everything back in the barn. Well, I picked up those lights last night. Went to go pick them up to carry them in and I was going to unplug them from the wall whenever I brought them in. Well. Me being stupid like I am, didn't realize them floodlights get pretty hot. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> and I reached up and I grabbed it right across the crossbar where it was really hot. And I dropped them and they landed over on their side, but they were shooting over towards the woods. And I went to go pick them up and I heard some movement. I looked up and behind this tree, out like this, but it had his hand up like this. Was like blocking the light? Mm -hmm. was a brown one and it was literally within 30 feet of me. Wow. And you got a good view of it then because the light was bright on it. Well yeah those flood the floodlight was very very bright. I mean for lack of a better term for uh, for us country folk <laughs> the light the beam from these light was so thick that you could go out there and walk on it. That's uh, a term. It's so that's how powerful the light was. You were about 30 feet away from it. How yes. big do you believe that it, it was? How tall was it? It was, uh, I, I'm willing to bet it was a young one. I mean, he was stocky, but he was under seven feet tall. That's still very tall. That's still very tall. <laughs> he was probably about maybe six foot six, six foot seven. And uh, I mean, compared to some of the others I've seen, that's relatively short. So did it kind of, like in the, could you see its face? Pretty well, just the hand there. All I saw was his eyes, uh, the tops of his eyes peeking out, and then the bottom of his jaw, because he had his hand up over like that because the lights was blinding. Can you describe like what it looked like, the jaw and the eyes and everything? Was it kind of human-like? Square jaw. Square jaw. Square jaw, and it had a brow on it like an ape would. Okay, uh, funny thing. The FBI actually investigated Bigfoot. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so in 2019, there was a, a record released by the FBI from an inquiry from the 70s. 
So they, they didn't investigate in 2019, but the record was released in 2019. They investigated in the 70s. In 1976, director Peter Byrne of the Bigfoot Information Center sent the FBI about 15 hairs. They were about six centimeters in length and they were attached to a piece of skin. He did suggest that maybe it was Bigfoot um, because he wasn't able to identify it with any other animal and where he was investigating did have some signs that he recorded that maybe Bigfoot had been in the area. So he sent it to them to try to confirm or at least to rule out any other animal. The next year, so 1977, the FBI finally analyzed it. They did take a little bit of time, other things take priority. They analyzed it and responded to Mr. Byrne. And uh, <laughs> the hairs and the skin belonged to a deer. And I will put up the letter on the screen. I actually found the letter that the FBI sent to Mr. Byrne. The hairs, which you recently delivered to the FBI laboratory, on behalf of the Bigfoot Information Center and Exhibition, have been examined by transmitted and incident light microscopy. The examination included a study of morphological characteristics such as root structure, medullary structure, and cuticle thickness, in addition to scaled casts. Also, the hairs were compared directly with hairs of known origin under a comparison microscope. It was concluded as a result of these examinations that the hairs are deer family origin. The hair sample you submitted is being returned as an enclosure to this letter. So yes, they were able to identify the hairs and the skin as a deer. However, hear me out. Usually the FBI examines physical evidence related to criminal investigations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This doesn't really seem like their forte. No. So to me, why would they take it seriously unless there was some chance that they considered the possibility of Bigfoot? Or maybe they got other inquiries and other things in? Mm-hmm. There has to be a reason why the FBI would even consider analyzing some random pieces of hair. There would have to be, yeah. Right? They didn't release that information. They didn't say why they actually did it. Some people suspect that maybe the director, Peter Byrne, knew somebody in maybe headquarters or was friends or with them. Or maybe the president at the time requested it because he really <laughs> right. did Bigfoot. Who knows? Who knows? There, there's some inquiry that he had an in, and so people were doing him a favor. Like, why would you keep it in your records for a year to, and why would you take until 2019 to release that record? Can you explain to us whether it, in your belief, if it is an actual mammal or if it is uh, something paranormal, yeah. as some people think? I believe 100% that it is flesh and blood because I have had three encounters in 16 years of looking for these things that have actually resulted in physical altercation. I'm not talking a uh, trip to the hospital in an ambulance kind, but it was still enough that it shook me up pretty bad. Right. Uh, where one was um, in, uh, where I was in a tent and it was picking the tent up with me inside of it in one corner and going like this and pulling my feet up like that. And I was kicking try, through the tent wall trying to get him to let go. You might as well kick one of these supports here. And then one time that I was out on in my side by side and it broadsided the side by side and the side, it hit the side by side was so much force that the side by side tipped up on two wheels and it dumped me out the driver's side. And this last March, where one came running into wherever I was camping back on March 9th of 2021, and it came running up into the camp and it hit the rain tarp 
that I was underneath in my hammock and it hit the hammock through the rain tarp and it ejected me from the hammock. Okay, so you're, you're saying because uh, it can move things and, and have real force that it's probably organic. Oh, 100%. Um, and do you think that there's any possibility that it could have some kind of uh, spiritual energy that could push? I don't know because, you know, I mean, I have had both uh, encounters with Bigfoot, but I have also had encounters with paranormal. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't see And they're two completely different things. Bigfoot as a whole, I believe, is 100% flesh and blood. They are omnivorous. They live in family units. I do believe that they are polygamous. They're not monogamous. Oh, okay. Because I have found one time I encountered one that I called Scar mm -hmm. because I was so close to him I could see he had a scar on his cheek and he had two females with him. Mm -hmm. For lack of a better term, I think I walked in on him. <laughs> Just to be honest. <laughs> okay. And well, when you're doing it in the woods, it's not like yeah, you can expect no privacy. privacy. <laughs> well, what, that's what leads me to believe that they are polygamous instead of monogamous because, I mean, and only that, I go and I base it off of educated observations and guesses from animals in the animal kingdom because mm -hmm. people say Bigfoot's primates. Right. Look at that uh, silverback. Yeah, that makes sense. The right. Silverback has what I call, with whatever it relates to Bigfoot, Bigfoot, I believe they have a quote-unquote harem of mm -hmm. females to breed with. Yeah. Right, they do not, they're not one of them that mates they're for life. Bingo, right. exactly. There's a lot of, of animals that don't mate for life. It's honestly not as common. Humans are one of the few that does. Yes. Right. Yeah. Usually usually it's like birds and stuff that mate for life. Birds, mm -hmm. insects, um, yeah, some aquatic no animals, but... Uh, things like apes and monkeys, they, they don't. Yeah. Exactly. It's usually like the dominant male has the most females, Bingo. but even the non-dominant males still have multiple females. They do have a means of communication. From what the reports I've read, sounds that I've heard, and people I've talked to and what I've experienced, howls, samurai chatter, wood knocks, rock clacks, sign language. Having movement, that's kind of ingrained in us. Exactly. Not just us, but the animal kingdom. Well, I mean, I, can't, I can speak, I can cite the alphabet in sign language, but I can't speak out a full sentence in sign language. So, I mean, like, even like if, we're, if me and my brother were out deer hunting like we usually do, if I see something, I put my hand up like this, and I'll look at him and I'll do that, that means look over mm -hmm. there. So, you know, it's just basic body language, I think, that they used to sign with. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, having language specifically also shows that they are very advanced. Yes. Sounds to me that they're incredibly very intelligent. intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. In 2013, there was a group of experts and genetic scientists that analyzed a proposed video capture of Bigfoot. Researchers from the Sasquatch Genome Project tracked what they called the furry people. Okay. Not to be confused with furries. No, not furries. <laughs> uh, totally the, different The thing. furry people. Yeah. And they did capture videos and pictures. Ooh. They also captured audio. And uh, they believed that they detected a language between these furry people creatures. And they claimed that they collected DNA in North Texas. And they believed that the DNA sample suggested a human hybrid of sorts because there was oh. some human DNA in with this unidentified animal DNA. So okay. they're suggesting some kind of human-animal hybrid. 
that makes up these these furry people. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There's a short story. It's one of the Dresden Files collections, a uh, collection by Jim Butcher, that is about a boy who is half Bigfoot. His father was Bigfoot and his mother was human. Ew, why would she do that? <laughs> Apparently, um, his Bigfoot dad was very, very sweet and she fell in love with him. That's, that's definitely like a Beauty and the Beast story. Okay, so about a third of all of the um, Bigfoot sightings are located in the Pacific Northwest. Uh -huh. And then the rest of them are spread out through North America and other countries. Most reports are considered to be hoaxes or, you know, some kind of mistake. They thought they saw something that they didn't actually see. And, and that is even by researchers who believe in Bigfoot claim that most of these are hoaxes or mistakes. Your eyes are not perfect. Sometimes they see things incorrectly. Your brain sometimes processes the information that your eyeball is getting incorrectly. It happens. It's common. Okay, so according to the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, the BFRO... Bruffo. Yes. Um, this was uh, their database from 2019, so not that far off. Um, yeah, that's not long ago at all. Mm-hmm. Washington has over 2,000 reported sightings, California over 1,600, Pennsylvania over 1,300, New York and Oregon together, I guess, uh, over 1,000, and Texas just over 800. Oh my god. Yeah. That's a lot of sightings. They can't all be fake. They can't. No, they can't. I don't think... I'm not sold on Bigfoot as existing. I do not think that all of the sightings are fake. I think that a lot of them are probably you thought you saw something different than what you actually saw. Uh -huh. That's just my opinion. Right. I do not discount that some of the sightings could be 100% legitimate and that it could be a creature that exists. Uh -huh. I don't know. We'll probably never know until, like we talked about in the interview, until one of them is caught, unfortunately. Right. We're going to prove that they exist. So that's the sad part, because it's going to come down to, you know, actually having to have a live specimen or a yeah. horse. Right. That's one thing with me and my team. We're going to have to track these things. Take it to a DNA lab. Have it uh, in a controlled environment where we can actually document take hair samples, blood samples, stool samples, whatever kind of things we need to get it and put it in there and then release it back into the wild. To be, so that way, not only that, we can actually go and uh, find a way to really protect these things. Unfortunately though, e even if you did capture one and bring it, um, they probably would end up dissecting it. Even though the hope would be to release them into the wild, and if, and if we already had many other uh, samples and have already done some research, then we can start to release them into the wild. But the first one, you know the first one is gonna be dissected. Exactly, and you know what, I mean, you're right too. I mean, it was just like with the, the Architeuthis, the giant squid. Mm -hmm. In Norse mythology, it was the Kraken, mm -hmm. and it was just <laughs> rode off his drunk sailor tails until some guy back in 2006 caught one in his nets. Yeah, yeah. The lowland gorilla. It was just wild eight men in the woods and it was folklore uh -huh. until someone actually brought back yeah. the hands of one. Right. With the panda bear. 
until someone brought back the hide, it was just something of legend. Mm -hmm. right. And even with the Lazarus effect, the coelacanth, mm -hmm. they found fossils of this thing that's millions of years old, and then they found one off the coast of Africa in 1937. Mm -hmm. The thylacine, the Tasmanian uh, tiger, back in 1927, it went extinct officially. But there's still people seeing them all over in New Zealand and Australia and Tasmania. And it's actually on camera. It's not by word of mouth. There's actually been video and photographs of the thylacine in the wild. So it's only a matter of time before mm -hmm. exactly. we'll know for sure because we'll be able to at least, at minimum, have very clear photographic or video evidence. Mm -hmm. But if we can get one, that would be ideal, obviously. It's but gonna come down to that because here's the thing. Everybody's got a Photoshop. Yeah. Everybody's got yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's and CGI easier. CGI is just getting better and better and better and more realistic, and people are going to say, well, it's exactly. just uh, it's, created. It's easier to go and doctor or photograph or video than to, uh, and debate that than to debate a body. You'll need to yeah. go just take a selfie with one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so back and forth on this one. Yeah? Yeah. Because I know Zach. We grew up in the same area, and I know he's not lying. Right. I want to believe him, but at the same time, everything inside me has always been taught not to believe in things like that. So, I don't know. This is a hard one. There is very little evidence other than sightings to definitively say that this is a thing. Well, I was at, like, zero before starting any research and talking to Zach. Now, you know, it's it's possible. There, I mean, like, our oceans. We, are, we only have mapped 5% of the ocean floor. Yeah. There are definitely ocean creatures that we don't know right. of. And we definitely. discover new species and new animals mm -hmm. every single day. Yeah, absolutely. But this is a big boy. <laughs> this is a very big boy. I feel like, how can, how can we not have captured one by now if it exists? I mean, they have to either just be way stealthier than we can even comprehend. Right. Stupid fast. Yeah. Or really incredibly dangerous and anybody who has encountered one has just not lived to tell about it. Right. There are some people who believe that Bigfoot is a mythological creature that can disappear at will. I and don't believe that. can maybe teleport or go through dimensions. We didn't really talk too much about that because there isn't a lot on that, but some people do believe that it, he can just teleport to another place and that's why he can't be captured. My percentage on that is zero. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's got to be more likely, in my opinion, than a creature that we just... that has been sighted thousands and thousands of times but cannot be captured. I don't know. I think if Bigfoot does exist, it's flesh and blood. It's not you think supernatural. So? That's just that's just my feelings on it. Well, I think it's probably just a bear. It's just bears. I think that because there there's a um and I'll I'll try to find a picture of it, but there is a genetic 
problem with some bears in their lower spine where they only stand upright. Mm -hmm. it, they don't live very long. It's not very healthy for them. I know some bears can stand upright and walk, but these bears can only stand upright and walk. In that case, I, I could see maybe somebody seeing it because it has the long mm -hmm. arms and it's, it's upright and it's furry. And especially if it's dark outside, maybe it's kind of grumbling below. Okay, okay. My percentage has to be, I think it's like at 5% now. Okay, I think it's possible. I think I'm a, I think I'm maybe a little higher than you. I'm gonna go 15. Wow, 15. Yeah. Yep. That's that's relatively high for me, but I I in no way am sold. But thank you very much for coming on and, and talking to us about the Bigfoot. 100%. We we didn't know a whole lot about it. We don't have any personal experience with it. But I know that a lot of our viewers really really love cryptids, <laughs> and so we did want to do this one because it's one of the most well known. Yeah. out there, but uh, seriously, thank you very much for coming on. You can find us on Twitter at Paranoia Percent, Tumblr as P-Dubs Podcast, and Facebook and Instagram as Paranoia Percentage.